Hello, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And this week, our very special return guest from last week is back with us. And tell everyone who you are, guest. Hi, it's Raz Strand. I am a Muppet fan and Anthony's wife and Ryan's friend and happy to be back. That's so many things. (laughs) Thank you for joining us again. Thanks for asking me. It's nice to come down to the basement every now and then. (laughs) That's yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a basement. Um, <laughs> actually, I do, but I'm in an apartment building, so I have to share the basement with everyone else. Anyway, uh, so this week uh, we are talking about minutes 57 and 58 of the Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Gonzo's water skiing stunt goes wrong and Ralph meets Snookums. So we open at the scene of Gonzo's Aquacade performance. Uh, briefly, what's an Aquacade? It's uh, like a, just a, a water-based sort of, uh, like almost like a circus, similar to a circus performance. There's divers and synchronized swimmers. They're not really in fashion these days, but I think in in decades past, it was a big thing. Like at the 1939 World's Fair and the 1964 World's Fair in New York, there was a big, huge aquacade with lots of people swimming and diving and doing stuff like that in the water. So that's what this is. Is this the first time you've gotten to talk about your pet obsession world's fairs on the podcast? No, I think I mentioned the 64 world's fair in a previous episode, but I don't remember why. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're into the world's fairs. That is yes. a cool obsession. I like uh, that. It's, it's relatively recent that I'm sort of going into like nerd, uh, nerd levels for it but yeah yeah i'm very enthusiastic about it i've i've never heard of an aquacade before but but the whole performances on water that was big in missouri and where i'm from in branson yeah oh sure you're from branson which is hilarious i'm not because you hate branson i do i really (laughs) despise branson i love branson you love branson yes i do i i love kitsch so Oh, Branson, yeah. for people who might yes, not know, yes. is like a tourist town. There are all these theaters, like old country singers and, and performers who are all kind of past their prime, but they have their own theaters and there's miniature golf and all kinds of stuff like that. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It has like the smell of death to it. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I've, <been there. laughs> I've taken family vacations there. My dad definitely was uh, banned for life off of one of the go-kart tracks Uh-oh. for bullying my brother with his go-kart. Um, Sounds right. You know, so not not the best memories. I saw Yakov Smirnoff live. Uh, see, I I think if I, I, my family went there twice, and I think if we had gone back a third time, we would have gotten around to Yakov Smirnoff. But we, I did mm-hmm. see several shows there. You saw Rich Little, Muppet Show guest star. Yes, I saw Rich Little in Branson. Oh, so you shut your mouth. Can you imagine? Like, I don't know, Roz, I don't know if you've read Dante's Inferno. I have. But if it was, Rich Little if it was is designed, in Satan's mouth. If it was designed for you, if there was a circle designed for you, it would be Rich Little in Branson. Wow. Good gracious, that is the center of hell. I cannot imagine a worse place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
in a rich little show in Branson. Yeah. Bless your heart, Ryan. Have I, you had I enjoyed it. I mean, I was still kind of essentially a kid. He did do his Kermit impression with the Fisher Price Kermit puppet. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then after the show, I got his autograph and I told him that I saw him on a Muppet show and I thought he was really funny. So. Do you still have it? Can I burn it? I, I, no. I mean, I do still have it. It's at my parents' house somewhere in a closet. But I will pay you for it to destroy <laughs> it. Uh, well, anyway. Just consider it. If you ever need a little extra gas money or something, just let me know. Okay? No, hey, I'll, no. I'll keep it in mind. Well, <laughs> anyway, I, despite what Roz thinks, I think that Branson is a fun place to go. <laughs> And here's another fun place to go. It's the location where this scene was actually filmed. It is not in Michigan. This is an amusement park called Playland, which is in Rye, New York. uh, No way! Yeah, it's on Long Island Sound. It's a very old amusement park. It's been there since 1928. It's currently owned by, uh, I think, either the state of New York or just like the local government. And it has a lot of uh, very charming carnival-style rides, uh, like little things that spin around and a a little wild mouse roller coaster. And it also has a ride called the Derby Racer, which is one of the most terrifying rides I've ever been on. Uh, It's one of only two of these kinds of rides that still remain in the United States. Apparently, there used to be a lot more of them. But uh, the, the official website says... Uh, the horses imitate the motion of real steeplechase steeds. So basically, you get on a horse, it's sort of like a, a carousel style horse, and then there's just like the bare minimum of a safety restraint that's holding you onto it. And then the horses just like rotate around this track and they go faster and faster and faster and faster. And you have to hold on for dear life, trying not to fall off. And if you are a large adult like I am, your center of gravity is such that you feel like you're going to fall off at every second. So <laughs> my wife and previous podcast guest, uh, Stacy and I rode this and her comment afterward was like, the ride just kept going and going. And I eventually resigned myself to the fact that I would be on it for the rest of my life. <laughs> so. That, that I would be up for. That oh, sounds, wow. that sounds like my kind of fun. Well, if you're ever in Rye, Check it out at Playland. Um, I, I will have to. That that sounds that sounds like your nightmare, Ant. That sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know I you. Yeah, right, I know that you're not a thrill ride guy, so I don't think you would enjoy that one. No, no. I like a very mild ride. Yeah, I like yeah. to ride. I like to go on a bicycle at home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You, well, you get nauseous watching me ride. Rice. It's true. It's true. It happened. That happens one, a lot. One time, I got yeah. different dots, and then I regretted it because I was watching you on a roller coaster. Yeah, and I was like, I did not throw up. I was it. begging people to let me be in the very front just so that I could wave to you as I like flip upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that did not go over well with you. I remember that. That was that was at what World's, World's of fun, fun in Kansas City. In Kansas yeah. City. Oh man, and that's whenever I learned I will not be able to have have our wedding at an amusement park. Uh, and we did not we spoiler, did we not, did not do that. <laughs> not be good brand. Some some couples get married on a roller coaster. I guess that was uh, never on the table for you. No, we yeah. got married on the ground. It, oh, it was that's, that's sensible. 
<laughs> you're you're well, worth about getting married on a roller coaster. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it also occurs to me that the Derby Racer was built probably in the 20s when uh, ideas about safety were a little bit different. So, right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's at Playland. Uh, Playland is also where they filmed the scene in Big, where Tom Hanks finds the second Zoltar machine that turns him back into a kid. It's, oh, really? It's, yeah, it's there on the boardwalk at Playland. Um, but Playland also has this beautiful lake behind it, which is where they filmed this scene of Gonzo uh, doing his Aquacade act. Uh, if you go to Playland, you can take a boat ride around this very lake. So that's cool. So as we begin the actual Bucket scene here. List. <laughs> what's that? Bucket list. Yeah. Playland, here I come. Yeah. So as we begin the actual scene, Gonzo is telling Kermit in his postcard that the Aquacade is not like Broadway, but he's met some good-looking chickens and they put together a terrific new act. Okay, let's let's talk about the fact. <laughs> let's talk about the fact that Gonzo is engaged in this movie. He is, yes, as we mm-hmm. learned. He's writing Kermit a letter that's like, hey, you should see all these good-looking chickens. My fiancé is, is equal to them. I just, <laughs> I just love the idea that Gonzo gets to a new town, and the first <laughs> place that he goes is, like, the local coop. <laughs> you know, he's just like, ah, yeah, I don't know anybody. You know, you know of any chickens around here that yeah. might want to hold out? <laughs> Yeah, Gonzo and, is not a good boyfriend, fiance, whatever. No, he's not. No. Yeah. He's a good whatever, but he's not a good boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Yes, he's good at being a whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, but also, like, he does, he has this innate ability to bring out the musicality in chickens. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't normally, you, you never really think of chickens as, like, incredibly musical, but they are. Once they hung, hang out with Muppets, and I think that Gonzo is a big part of that. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay. he he just brings it out in them. He probably was he involved in the Babyface number on the Muppet Show when the chickens sang Babyface. I don't think so. I don't okay. think he's there. Yeah, that's. I think that's the first thing I think of when I think about musical Muppet chickens. But maybe yeah. he's not actually there. I think of I think of Camilla in the 2011 movie singing. Oh, forget you. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Iris and I can sing that entire thing. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That sounds right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so an announcer introduces Gonzo, who is wearing this fantastic Daredevil costume. It's bright yellow and orange. He has goggles and streamers. They should make a toy of this. I don't think they ever have, but they should. He looks like a beacon of light. It's just yeah. so bright compared to everything else in the Aquacade. Well, I love I love how rundown the Aquacade is. Right, it's yes. very drab. The audience is very sparse, and they're like nobody right, and is very unenthusiastic. Yeah, and and it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> they only paid fifty cents to get in, and children under six are free, which is very generous. Yeah, so it's like fifty <laughs> cents. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're talking about Let's Get Small. Yeah, that's a reference to Let's Get Small. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve Martin's stand-up album. But seriously, 50 cents to see... That's on the sign at the box office? Artist. Yeah, it's yeah. on the sign at the box office. Yeah. It says 50 cents, children under six are free. Wow. And, yeah. and so, like, yeah, none of them are pleased. And it, it kind of looks like the couple's... Like one half of the couple maybe thought, 
this would be a romantic idea, hmm. but also watch the chicken. They're cheap. And then the other half of the couple has no interest, has no interest right. and is mad that the other person is cheap. Um, like it, it, everybody just looks like they're on a really bad, you know, 14th anniversary trip. Just oh. really disappointed in each other at this moment in in the Aquacade. They should have gone to Branson. Yeah, exactly like Branson. See? I said they should have gone to Branson, though, instead of coming to see this Aquacade in Michigan. Yes. No. And then Gonzo is just dressed to the nines. He, yeah, he's he, so into yeah. it. Yeah. He clashes with everything else, and there are even like like random showgirls in the back that were probably doing yeah. you know these stunts on on water skis, and they're like uninterested. One of them is reading a book and like not paying attention, and even their costumes don't look as bright as this. <laughs> right, right. And there's showgirls on skis, and yeah. he is the fanciest one there for sure. Yeah. I had never noticed that before. I had never really looked in the background. There's also a clown with a dog who's sitting, just kind of, just just sitting there bored. Like maybe their act already happened and they're just waiting for the show to be over. Yeah, I never noticed the clown. Yeah, that's funny. yeah. It's some good good background detail. I almost wonder if they originally filmed a little bit more of the Aquacade, or is this just to be background texture? I don't know. Those showgirls, there are quite a few of them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but it makes me wonder: is this I guess Gonzo on the Muppet Show would do these weird stunts, and usually the audience was either hostile toward them or just sort of indifferent or neutral to them. So maybe, maybe that's kind of like what for for a Gonzo thing to be funny to us, the real audience. Maybe it has to be uninteresting to the the fictional audience. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I Although. Know. um you know what? You know what? This scene always reminded me of a little bit from the same year. The scene in This Is Spinal Tap, where they're like at a county fair, and the marquee says "Puppet Show Spinal Tap," <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's just like a very similarly like bored, sparse audience. Yeah, you know, and they're like playing. I don't remember what it is, Sex Farm or something, and uh-huh. <laughs> and like the audience is just like sitting there, just bored, just like just like this. So I don't know if there's like something in the air. Huh. In 1984, that like bored, bored audiences at some outdoor, yeah, venue was like the thing to do. Yeah, that's funny. I people were just bored in 1984. Yeah, I guess so. It um, does. It, it does seem like with the audience, how sparse it is. With the admission price, with Gonzo's costume, and the series of of tricks that he has lined up that. I think that Gonzo is actually paying more to be seen <laughs> than actually getting paid. Probably. That, that yeah. I, it's just the, just the epitome of starving artist, right? There. This is what he does it's, for his art. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Gonzo says, and now for today's climactic act, look yonder. I will first make a death-defying <laughs> leap from the loop-de-loop ramp, spinning and hurtling my body through the flaming circle of doom and landing comfortably in the imita- imitation leather easy chair <laughs> while my chickens <laughs> do their impression of Tony Bennett singing the William Tell Overture. The, the, the imitation leather is such a nice touch. Oh, such a I nice know. detail, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, this is just a great, 
Gonzo is a weird stunt for the sake of art or spectacle or whatever it is that he really hasn't done in the other two movies before this. So it's nice to see. Um, as far right. as I know, Tony Bennett has never performed the William Tell Overture. Um, it is well, an it instrumental. Doesn't have, it doesn't have lyrics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although I would love to hear him, you know, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't think <laughs> well, he ever has. It's not just like That's Tony. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I did wonder, is the imitation leather like an environmental stance? Like he won't do, he won't touch <laughs> that because he is a whatever and appreciates all animal life or is it just because <laughs> you really can't afford leather i think though you don't want to put that real leather out on the water oh yeah, yeah. it would get splashed it would stain oh yeah so he's he is planning on doing this more than once oh yeah oh bless his heart he probably has multiple oh, shows a day funny. i never considered that <laughs> yeah and he has the whole setup you know it's it's the ramp it's the the loop-de-loop and the 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 circle of doom is on fire so yeah, it's it's a yeah. whole, a whole yeah, setup. It's, it's three stunts, one after the other. But Gonzo himself weighs like what four pounds soaking wet, <laughs> yeah, right, right. and he's expecting momentum to get him through all of these, <laughs> which shows me this has never been tested. This, you think this is the first. <laughs> this time? is the absolute first time that he I, has ever even tried this. Yeah, he's just paid to get it set up. And designed it, and he's like, "My first time out, I'm going to go. I'm going to go through it, and it's going to go perfectly." He never rehearsed um, it. Yes, never rehearsed it because if he had, he he would know that it wouldn't work. Like you need a cannon, yeah, and he yeah. needs to wear like ball bearing shoes. Nothing can get him <laughs> through that. Another- that's another way that this is similar to a Muppet Show act where Kermit often seems surprised by the things that happen in the acts on stage, which makes it seem like, I guess they never rehearsed, you know, he, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that, that is very much, that is very Muppety to just be like, okay, we're going to do this thing <laughs> and maybe something will come of it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, there's a guy in the audience who we see a few times. I had never noticed this before, but his shirt, I think he has this pattern that is like mushrooms in different pointing in different directions. There's definitely I, a, a, a distinct pattern going on on that shirt. I think it's mushrooms. Oh, I did not notice that would yeah. fit the time, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the lady with the big hat. Not, I don't like the lady, I like her big hat. I appreciate that hat. Oh, I don't know if I noticed yeah. the hat. What would you, how would you describe the hat? Uh, like a extremely wide brimmed straw hat mm. and she's the one that i'm talking about whenever i say disappointed 14 year married couple oh yeah he, she's the guy with the mushroom shirt i mean the, yes. the woman with the mushroom shirt guy yeah yeah so you and i are like probably viewing it for the same reason did you want to buy the mushroom shirt because i wanted oh, to buy that I... <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, you know i wouldn't be disappointed if somebody gave that to me for my birthday <laughs> okay passing that on to stacy yeah good good luck finding and it no the hat. all right just, just do a google search that. for mushroom shirt 1984 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Gonzo asks for silence, and he asks the driver of the speedboat. Like, I, I guess, I mean, everybody probably has seen this before. Gonzo's on water skis. He's on this ramp. He's, you know, there's a speedboat out in front of him. So he asks for silence. He asks the driver of the speedboat if he's ready. Uh, the driver is a guy in a giant chicken costume. I presumably this is either recycled from or it's just the same pattern as the giant chicken costume that Harvey Corman wore on his episode of The Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. It looks, yeah, it's it's very similar at the very least. Uh, the driver gives a thumbs up and Gonzo says, thank you, Margaret. So do, do you think Gonzo's like into it? This guy wearing a chicken suit? Like, oh, just probably. Him, like, yeah. No, I'm just wondering. <laughs> That's gross. Probably. Dude, I, dude hit on Big Bird. <laughs> yeah uh and i guess the guy is cool and let, i mean his his name might be margaret this person in the i don't want to assume anything the person in the the chicken costume might actually be named margaret who knows i mean gonzo is really bad at at telling you know camilla apart from every other chicken <laughs> and if you That's... do look at that costume you know margaret does have beautiful eyes That's it's what I'm just saying. A, yeah you think he's into it. it's just but, a bigger camilla pretty costume maybe <laughs> okay. i mean it does look soft yeah yeah it it's fluffy very it's yes. very fluffy <laughs> yeah it's high quality uh gonzo says hit it girls then they start singing the the william tell overture the chickens but then the wind blows and the streamers flip over onto gonzo's uh like uh, over his eyes over his goggles the driver goes full speed ahead. Gonzo goes flying off the ramp, but he's not attached to his water skis. He yells something. I think he says, I forgot my skis. <laughs> P- possibly not my skis. Something like that. The point is... Why Why didn't he strap his skis? <laughs> <laughs> and I love it that two yeah. things go wrong. And one doesn't even matter. <laughs> like That's right. true. Like the, the streamers in his face... Uh, whenever I was growing up, I thought that that's why it failed. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize he's not even attached to his skis. That is an excellent like, point. Yeah, the same thing would have happened even if the streamers hadn't covered his face. Well, yes. and I feel like this would feel like an insult to Gonzo if he wasn't still so enthusiastic about it. Like, yeah. I feel like Gonzo on the Muppet Show, like, he's not incompetent. His acts no. are dumb, but, like, he knows how to do them. You know, yeah. but in this one he like doesn't know how to put skis on. <laughs> he can't put skis on. But he's still so excited about it that it's fine. It still feels like Gonzo. You know? Well, and also Margaret just takes off. Yeah, Margaret doesn't care. Margaret is not. I don't think that Margaret was ever planning on well, running the correct route. Margaret might not <laughs> hear Gonzo screaming. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's pretty well, loud with all those chickens singing. He goes right through the plans, and then my favorite part the the. The hoop of fire just falls into the water. <laughs> yeah, that's such a. Mar- a Margaret nice... has no intention of helping him complete <laughs> this. He gives him the thumbs up, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drive around the lake now." Right, <laughs> right. The boat is dragging Gonzo through the water. Everything's gone wrong, uh, and yeah. then we cut to the guy in the audience with the mushroom shirt, and he says, "Completely deadpan. Don't sound like Tony Bennett to me," which is yeah. one of my <laughs> absolute favorite jokes in this movie. It's just such a like a, a punchline on top of a great punchline. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I really love that. They should be freaking out. And it's just <laughs> the audience. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't what I paid fifty cents for. <laughs> yeah. But instead everyone's yeah. just kinda like, eh. I was told Tony Bennett would be imitated well. 
Now I'm now I'm depressed. It's just like you if you went to see Rich Little. I would never go to see Rich Little. <laughs> well, so then because everybody in their postcards is trying to make Kermit think that they're doing well, Gonzo signs off by saying that everything's going swimmingly. So yeah. any final thoughts on the Gonzo postcard before we move on? I would love to see how Gonzo actually, because I believe I, I would think that Gonzo would actually write out his entire um, act for Kermit yeah. in the postcard and then say that it went off swimmingly. Yeah. Well, they don't read the postcard. They say what he says at the opera. Yeah, game. that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I imagine so, he did describe it. Yeah, and I would love he loves to, to share his art. Yeah, I would love to see Kermit's reaction to the flaming hoop of death. Because Kermit would do that great little like, Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I assume fun. there's a little bit more written in the postcard. But mm-hmm. um, actually, I had uh, a note from the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay. Um, Gonzo describes the act a little bit differently to the audience. He says, my daredevil chickens and I will uh, ski intricate patterns through the slalom course. And then we will make a death-defying jump from the ramp, hurtling our bodies high into the air to form the outline of our beloved 13th President of the United States, Millard T. Fillmore, all the while singing, <laughs> Do You Know the Way to San Jose? <laughs> um, that would also be a really good one. It is. I think somehow uh, like just referencing a lesser-known president is always... like. Uh, I guess a reliable comedy go-to. Yeah. So yeah. Miller T. Fillmore. And then do you know the way to San Jose? That's a, that's a pretty funny uh, song title too. I guess they would have had to get the rights to that. Whereas William Tell Overture is probably in the public domain. Okay, yeah. So, um, and so one like production note, they couldn't have, they couldn't have planned for the flaming hoop of fire to fall into the water. Yeah, like, they could have. There could be a string. That, I mean, it's far enough away. Yeah. There could be something pulling it over. Yeah, you know? I guess so. But oh, like, yeah, I didn't think how look. many takes would they need to do? How many times are you going to be willing to set up a giant flaming hoop in order to get the right take of, of pulling Gonzo through the water? You know, how dedicated are you to that gag? Yeah. Is what I'm gag, wondering. Though. It's a good gag. It is a good gag, but it just seems so complicated. Yeah. Like yeah. Muppets do super complicated things just on a very tiny scale. And we're talking about a very large scale, you know, the size of a speedboat <laughs> here. And and it just falls into the lake at in perfect time with the gas. Yeah, so that's why yeah. I think it must be planned. Yeah. But uh, man, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. The shot where the hoop falls. The speedboat is there, but it's kind of far away, and the, I guess the chickens might be there. Margaret is visible, but it's it's kind of hard to tell if the chickens are actually there. So there might not be puppeteers in the speedboat in that shot. It might just be either empty puppets or just Margaret and the boat. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe they just shot it a few times. And they, I, I can't tell how they would have made the, the hoop fall down exactly, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it all it's, it's all very well uh, coordinated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the next postcard is from Ralph, and he says, "Dear Kermit, how's the frog?" Well, can we just talk about Dear Kermit, how's the frog? Yeah, <laughs> because of course, Ralph and Doctor Teeth sound very similar to one another, yeah. famously. Yes, 
And Dr. Teeth opens his letter with, Dear Kermit, how's the man? How's the man? Yeah. So Rolf, I feel like this is like a, a key to the difference between the two of them is that Rolf has more respect for Kermit's species, right? <laughs> I guess like so. Dr. Teeth refers to his own species. And Rolf right. correctly identifies him as a frog. I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think any disrespect is meant by Dr. Teeth, but uh, yeah, that, that's, no. that's true. But Rolf, as an animal American himself, right? you know? Yeah. I love this train of thought yeah. so much. <laughs> I would have never considered that in a million no. years. Yeah, but that's because I love when Dr. Teeth says, Dear Kermit, how's the man? Like, I think about that all the time. I, I, I've often, I noted, how's the frog yeah. a, a bunch of times in the past. I've never thought about how's the man. Yeah, I you love know? it. Yeah, he's at the poker hall. How's the, <laughs> Dear Kermit, how's the man? Uh, well, he says, I'm in Delaware and I found a terrific job in management. I'm surrounded by friends and I love what I'm doing. But then we see that he's actually running a kennel. He is surrounded by unhappy barking dogs and he looks pretty miserable. Most of these are Muppet dogs, but a few of them are actually real dogs uh, toward like near the camera. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really move as much as the puppets. Right. They're just, they just, you know, they're, they're probably trained. Yes. They're better dogs. behaved than the Muppet dogs. Yeah. So they, so they just kind of lie down and, and slowly get up and it kind of looks like moving paper almost. Yeah. Huh. I love that he's in management. I know. He has a terrific job in management. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm, I'm just managing the cages here. But they're all dogs just like him. I know. I know. He's, he's the manager and they're his, his um, subordinates or yeah, something yeah. like that. I guess. Yeah, although I do love Mr. Rolf, Mr. Manager Rolf, like bored doodling on the table with a pencil. <laughs> yeah, and I, I noted that he is holding that pencil in his right hand, which is interesting because Muppets usually write with their left hand because the puppeteers are usually puppeteering right handed with their hands, the right hand in the mouth of the character, and their left hand controlling the left hand of the puppet. So I guess maybe somebody else is working both of Rolf's hands or. Something yeah, like that's, that. But, that's probable. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there is a placard on the front of his desk that says, Trust your dog with our dog, Ralph, manager. Nice. <laughs> oh, I never noticed that. That's great. Yeah, that's a fun detail. I had never noticed it before. Uh, then a customer comes in, and this is James Coco. But who is James Coco? Who is James Coco? So James Coco was an actor. Um, he was he was a stage actor. He, I think, most maybe most famous for the Man of La Mancha movie. He, yeah, he played Sancho Panza. Played Sancho, and, played or, Sancho although Panza, I think yeah. in that movie they say Sancho Panza. Sancho Panza, yeah, and Don um, Quixote. Don Quixote, yep. And um, but he's also I, among like trivia nerds most famous for the movie only when I laugh for which he was nominated for an Academy award and a Razzie oh, wow. only performance in the history of the Razzies to be nominated for both an Oscar and a Razzie for the same performance. Can I assume that you've seen it? I have not. Ah, no. uh, we should seek that out. We should. And then we can determine for ourselves, which of those, which <laughs> of either of those nominations were deserved or both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, or it he, could be a Nicolas Cage scenario where he really does qualify for both. Yeah, I feel like it must be it like super, be. like super committed. You know, yeah. like there's no way he's doing it halfway, right? Right. Like, yeah. 
But and he was on the Muppet Show too. He was, yes. I was going to say he was also in the the two Neil Simon written movies, Murder by Death and The Cheap Detective, which I constantly confuse for each other. And you've seen one or both of them? <laughs> I've seen. See, that's the thing. I've seen one of them, but not the other, but I don't remember which one I've seen. I I think I've seen The Cheap Detective, and I haven't seen Murder by Death, but I could be wrong about that. Um, And then he also wrote a a best-selling book called The James Coco Diet, which was about his method for weight loss. Uh, So I think that was like an unexpected late career development for him, that he became a, a weight loss expert. A dieting expert. Uh, Produces results in 100% of James Coco's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Know, um, I was going to say about the Muppet Show. Um, he's our third Muppet Show guest star in this movie, which I meant to keep right. track of. An yes, the second one was uh, Brooke Shields last week. Liza Minnelli, Brooke Shields, and now, and now James Coco. Yeah. So that's three. Yeah, he guest starred in the third season. I haven't seen that episode. I have, I've seen it once or twice, but... I actually just, it was one of the first ones I rewatched on Disney Plus. Yeah. Just because I was bouncing around between seasons and I was like, oh, I haven't seen James Coco in a while. It's a good one. He's one of these guest stars who like plays it as though he's miserable to be there. Oh, that's always fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's very funny. I remember his, the final number is him singing Short People with all the Muppet Monsters. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I actually remember that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he does good with that. Yeah. But yeah, I like it whenever I I think of that as like the the Statler and Waldorf take on the Muppet Show. You get a few of the you have a few of those um, guest stars where they're just pretty much being Statler and Waldorf, right? John Cleese, Carol Burnett, John Cleese, mm-hmm. yeah. J.P. Mm-hmm. Morgan tells Carmen yeah. how, how unhappy she is about the opening number. Right. Yes, Tony yeah. Randall a little bit. Tony Randall kind of only in the opening, the cold yeah. opener is about like yeah. him in disguise because he doesn't want the Muppets to know that he's on the Muppet show. Yeah. <laughs> kind of Bob Hope. Because Bob like, Hope just like doesn't have time. He's though. just like, like, yeah, he just doesn't yeah. care. To but be it's, there. Still, it's still like, eh. He's like not committed. This isn't good enough for me to actually spend time on. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James Coco's character introduces himself. He says, I am Mr. Skeffington. One of my secretaries made a reservation for the weekend in the name of Snookums. Now, and Mr. Skeffington yeah. is the title of a movie. A yes. 1944 I, movie starring Betty Davis and Claude Rains. I did not know that until I was writing my notes for this episode, and I just Googled the name Skeffington because I didn't know if this was even a real name or if it was just a wacky name that they made up for this movie. Yeah, I feel like it must be a reference to that movie. But like that movie is nothing like this. It's not. It's not like Claude Rains as like a rich man who's obsessed with his dog. Yeah, or something. You know, well, just the fact that it's Mister Skeffington and not like yeah. James Coco coming in and saying, "Hi, I'm Fred Skeffington." You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, Mister Skeffington. This he speaks exactly the way that kindergartners think rich people speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just like I always refer to myself as Mister and one of my secretaries. Yeah, right, I have right. many. Right. Well, which we did, which did earlier with Kermit's reservation secretary yes. when he when he goes to Sardi's. My reservation, reservation secretary, secretary made a um, reservation. Yeah, it's like multiple secretaries is such a <laughs> such a upward view on the on. On the wealthy. Yeah. Right, it's just right. like, oh, you must have a dozen secretaries. Sure. <laughs> it One might be... only 
makes reservations for his dog, Snookums. Yeah. <laughs> it might be an intentional callback to that. I kind of wish Mr. Skeffington had said, my reservation secretary made yeah, that a reservation. Yeah. That would have been funny. Oh, geez, it's a running gag. Right. Yeah. yeah. That would have been, been great. Yeah, he is just completely cheerless. It's it's very funny performance by, well, by what's, Mr. What's Coco. funny is he's, is he's completely cheerless until he turns and talks directly to Snookum. Yes, exactly. So he uh, introduces Ralph to Snookums. His little, I don't know what breed of dog this is. Can you tell? That looks like a, um, that looks like a Shih Tzu. Okay. Um, I it will not have to bleep that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it sounds like something I would normally have to bleep, but I will not have to because that's a breed I, of dog. I, I, it, it's what you're saying. I know. It's a, <laughs> it is. It, it is a Shih Tzu. Yeah. Uh, um, it kind of looks a little bit like a lopsopsa. It, it remind. It looks exactly like my my great aunt Charlotte's uh, late dog. Uh, oh, um, the dog, not the so aunt. Whenever I see that, then I'm just like, oh, I bet that that dog smells horrible because it looks like my great aunt Charlotte's Aww. dog. <laughs> well, Snookums has a little bow and and her fur uh, on her head. Um, Snookums is being carried by this, I guess, the chauffeur. Who I was thinking, valet. Or va- yeah, it could be yeah, but just <laughs> never, never smiles, never reacts, never shows emotion. Just doing his job. Uh, Mister Skevington snaps for him to bring Snookums forward, and that's what he does. He's just doing his job. Yeah, he commits to that role so hard. Yeah, I just don't know how you could stay that straight faced to James Coco like. <laughs> You know, it was almost like a game of, um, you know, that game, uh, tell me how much you love me. Have you guys ever played that? Is that the same as I love you? Please smile. Oh, that's the game. Yeah. Thank you. So that that's what it reminds me of. It's like James Coco is playing. Do you love me? Please smile to his valet. (laughs) But instead, he's trying to make him smile by talking to this dog. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I got to say, I hated that game in uh high school uh, church youth group because that's where i played it it's the worst yep. thing when you're a teenager <laughs> and you're playing this game and the object is like whoever is like it picks somebody in the group and goes over to them and says like who you know you, you say Honey, their name and you, you say me. yeah will you please, please i love smile. you will you please smile and mm-hmm. when you're a teenager and the girl that you have a crush on comes over and does that. Like, it's just the most awkward thing. And I, I hated it. And I think everybody hated it. I liked it. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you were good at it. it. Were were you better at getting people to smile or were you better at not smiling when people asked you to smile? I was terrible at not smiling, but I did, I did find, uh, that it led, um, it, 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 I I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. I, I I was successful at it. I would say that. And I mean, as some a people must have must have enjoyed it. Boys, this was like an open. This was like an open invitation to be as ridiculous as you want in front of your pastor. Yeah. And all in the name of the game. I never played that game. We just did that dumb thing where you have to pass an orange using your neck. Oh, that was terrible too. Yeah, that was also awkward. Yeah, I don't think that our do that I don't think that our pastors would have done that because the whole point of honey, honey, I love you, please, please smile, is that you couldn't touch each other. All you can touch is the orange. 
Oh wait, you're saying you, you're saying you couldn't touch each other in the yes. Oh no, so the way the way we played it, like you could sit on their lap. I, I mean, you. I guess. Uh, whoa. Yeah. yeah. What? This is why it was so terrible. Yeah. It yes. was, that that it was would be so, so uncomfortable. Much more awkward. They don't. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they no longer play this in most uh, church youth groups, but it was bad. I have no idea, it, but. Yeah, ours you di- you could not touch the other person, so you had to okay. do everything possible. You know, it was much more like bird mating, where you just like do a theatrical thing in order to get their attention and make them laugh. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's a better way to play it. Yeah, it, that was definitely less awkward. Yeah, I I'm sorry, Ryan, that you had to go through. Yeah, <laughs> go I, I might have to track down my my old youth director and <laughs> tell him how traumatized I was. Oh. <laughs> they forgot a rule. You're yeah. not supposed to touch no, that, each other. That's, that's a better rule. It's but... youth group, man. I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, I oh, I was just thinking. It is uh, I don't think the the chauffeur or, or valet is credited. But oh wait, no, Mark Marone as chauffeur. Oh, um, he oh, is. So he is a chauffeur. You win. He right? does not have his own page on Muppet Wiki until now. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give him a love it wiki page in real time on the podcast oh do it please do it right now uh, do he, it. Tap, tap, tap you heard it here first he has seven you credits he has seven <laughs> credits on imdb uh mark marone uh, i have not heard of any of these except well okay so the muppets take manhattan and then charles in charge and then a movie so, wait, you know, one so, wait, episode so a, and so, then also glow Mark Marone. Mark Marone. Mark oh. Marone. Oh. Totally same guy. Lock <laughs> the Mark gates. The <laughs> He's like 23 years old or something. <laughs> this guy is so much taller than Mark Marone, though. Yes. Uh, and then he was in a movie called The Closer, a movie called The Quest for the Meaning of Life, which he also wrote, apparently. So that's cool. Uh, and that and then, was a Monty Python movie. He didn't write that. <laughs> Quest for the Meaning of Life in 2008. So this actually came after the Monty Python movie. And then oh. uh, three short films, which I've never heard of. So yeah, that he might just be another one of these uh, actors in this movie who mostly did stage work, and they just kind of recruited him from that, right? From <laughs> the the New York theater scene. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, I had no idea that James Coco was even famous until. Anthony showed me his episode on the Muppet Show. I set you down. I was yeah. like, "You got to check this out. It's called James Coco. It's on the Muppet Show." <laughs> no, I didn't. We watched every episode. I thought that both of them were just like bit parts, and it turns out like, "Oh, James Coco is incredibly famous." Yeah, but he's like featured. Oh, I mean, he's so famous. Elliot Gould was famous. I didn't know Elliot Gould was famous. <laughs> can, I, can, yeah. I, can I tell that? I. Don't have any clue what you're about to tell, but yeah, you, go ahead. You told me that when you were young, you thought Elliot Gould in this movie and in the Muppet movie mm-hmm. was just like a got random guy who like later on gained fame as Ross and Monica's dad. Yeah, I thought uh, that was his first famous role. Yeah, that it's friends. like it's like did you know that Jack Geller was in these two Muppet movies before he was famous? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see this. Me, right? like, yeah. No, this, that's true. This appearance is so brief. I could see this as being a before they were stars, like just some guy they hired to play the cop in a scene, and then later he became more famous. That's yeah, that's not impossible. Yeah, he doesn't do much in this movie, right? Yeah, and it's and it's just enough where it just seems like oh, this struggling 
actor just got this bit part and then yes he made it he's friends <laughs> right. he's, he's the dad on friends he's yeah. on set for life yeah 10 yeah. seasons of jack geller <laughs> Um, so yeah, when James Coco starts, uh, talking, or Mr. Skeffington starts talking to his dog, this is when he drops the business-like, uh, demeanor. He says, Daddy wants his little Snooky Ockums to be especially good this weekend while Daddy is gone. And then that's essentially where this clip cuts off. So he'll finish that next week. Uh, the only other thing I have is that in the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay, this was not just a, a a male customer. It was a man and a woman, a couple who bring Snookums in. And it does indicate that, that, that they're cameos. So I wonder if they were planning this for a celebrity couple of the time. I, I don't know who that might be when this came out, but um, that would have been interesting. It was going to be Bert and Lonnie. Uh, that absolutely would work here. Yeah. That would have worked really well. <laughs> it would have. Yeah. And they would be funny. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's... Now I'm mad that James Coco's in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I wanted Burt Reynolds. I wanted Lonnie Anderson. I wanted true love represented. True, true love. Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> well, James Coco is very good in this. So, um, yes, any final thoughts about the, this clip? Roz, starting with you. Um, the clip just gets better from there. I mean, you want to talk? You want to talk about, about the rest the, of the scene? The Wall Street Journal or something? Oh, I know, but I don't want to take it away from the next guest. All right, that's neighborly of you. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I is. will if you let me. We but can it'll be fine. Our, it's our, fine. Our, it's our, fine. Our, our audience has seen this movie. Like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do like. Um, you know, he's he's speaking to the to Snookums, who's a, who's a Shih Tzu, and and. And then whenever Ralph says you speak Chinese like a native, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those Muppet jokes that just lands for every age. Mm-hmm. Huh. Because as a kid, then you're just like, where did that come from? <laughs> what do you mean Chinese? That's mm-hmm. not Chinese. That's I funny. know what Chinese sounds like. And that's not Chinese. And Ralph, you're funny. And then <laughs> as an adult, then you're just like, you know, as an 11 year old, you go through this go through the phase where you're just laughing at the word shih tzu and then the um, word that is not in this movie like, <laughs> i know but you discover that that's what it is and then yeah. you're just like ha 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 um and then okay maybe that was just me and then um and then as an adult then don't get me started on shiitake mushrooms <laughs> and then you get then you get to be an adult and then you realize like why he's saying that that's chinese is because of the the species of the dog. So everybody's laughing at this joke for me, just because <laughs> you, I appreciated it at, at different levels. So that was, that's my next, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Anthony, I, anything else? No, I have nothing. All right. So in that nothing. case, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. See, I wondered if that's what you were going for. Yeah. Okay. So, then with that, we can wrap things up for this week. Hey, everyone, make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all of those places. Our logo is by Morgan Davey. Our theme music is by Stacey Rosen. Thanks to both of them. Uh, if you, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you have uh, comments on these minutes, future minutes, the movie, anything, 
Um, you can send us an email at moveinrightalong at toughpigs.com to let us know what you're thinking. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. And Roz, where can people find you on the internet? What's your Instagram? What's your TikTok? What's your Twitter? <laughs> I don't do any of that. <laughs> um, and if you're better you off. can find me on Facebook, then we're probably already friends. And if you can't find me, get a message to Anthony and he will tell me IRL. Um, there you go. That's how you Impressionist Rich Little. Stop it. I'm going to stab <laughs> you. If you are Rich Little, please uh, get a message to Roz. No, that's that what IRL possible. stands for. Impressionist Rich Little. Oh, oh I get it. wasn't. That's great. <laughs> I did steal that from Ken. That's true. Um, so yes, uh, also everyone, if you could please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can give us a positive review. Hey, we did notice a couple of, uh, new-ish, uh, five-star reviews recently, and we are very, um, happy to see those. It actually really means a lot to us to know that people are yes, listening and enjoying the show. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for anyone else who might do that after hearing me speak these words. And everyone, please come back next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Didn't sound like Tony Bennett, I don't I don't actually need to ever listen to the podcast because Anthony will come up, you know, I'll tell I, her the funny parts. I sure. yeah, love you to death, but you retell everything that you find interesting in life to me. So I don't actually need to watch the podcast because I know that he's going to tell me all the bits that I'm going to like. So, yeah, I can't I can't tell how much of his lines you leave or cut out or whatever I because i haven't said anything on the podcast since uh muppets go hollywood <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i just cut and paste his lines from previous episodes and... yeah. yeah 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 pretty yeah. soon you're gonna have an entire machine of it and then you'll know no longer yeah, need just them. just anthony just going some... yeah yeah no i don't think so yeah and then laughing <laughs> it's just... It's it's just like me going, yeah, <laughs> Dom DeLuise. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>